The Coach's Roundtable is brought to you by Between the Lines. Between the Lines offers online training with current minor league affiliates from the comfort of your own home through online technology. With their coaching, watch your skills and money increase due to no longer needing to drive to get training. For more information, go to betweenthelines.pro. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Today, I've got three assistant coaches who are going to break down what it's like to be an assistant, what it's like to have the roles of an assistant, what their roles are, what they see their role as, how they um, have improved themselves as a coach through things outside of the game of baseball. But enough from me. Let's get to know our coaches, and we'll start with you first, Coach Nelly. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Uh, yeah, um, 27 years old, uh, um, grew up in a small town in Oklahoma, uh, you know, played, you know, high school ball out there and, um, got lucky enough to, to move on and play college ball in, uh, Kansas and Arizona. Um, after that, uh, dealt with the Tommy John issue and, um, was kind of coming back from, you know, rehab and all that and. Um, you know, decided that, uh, you know, I wanted to give it a chance to keep playing and went and tried out for an independent professional organization. And about a week later, I got the contract offer, ended up uh, being able to play um, at that level for two seasons. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of realized that, you know, at the time I was 25 and, you know, trying to get promoted in indie ball and you realize that there's 17 year olds who are 10 times the player that you are and you just kind of realize that uh you know might be time to to hang them up and uh but i knew i wanted to stay in the game um immediately got into coaching got an opportunity to uh um, be a volunteer assistant at a division three school um in wisconsin so you know i packed up and um you know made the i think it was 18 19 hour trip and Drove up here to, to be a volunteer, and that's how my uh, coaching career started. Um, I was at that school for three seasons. Um, ended up getting the opportunity to um, go be the uh, assistant coach for uh, my former manager when I played indie ball, and he asked me if I wanted to be his, uh, his assistant when he went to a new team in Tucson. Um, so, you know, that summer ended up going out there, and. Um, coaching at the independent professional level and um and then uh you know got my opportunity to uh become a head coach at the collegiate summer level um ended up going out in north carolina uh, coaching the old north state league last summer and uh while i was out there um i got a phone call from uh, bryant stratton college out here in milwaukee um you know they had just hired a new head coach and called and asked if uh, I wanted to be his assistant and you know it's it's an hour from my house and um I just was like yeah it's a whole lot better than moving you know 20 plus hours away right now for anything under five grand a year um so obviously took that job and that's where I'm currently at right now and I'm the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator at the Bryant and Stratton College. What about you coach Morrison? Um well, I took a little different path. Uh, graduated high school in '04. Um, knew the military uh, was always on my mind, um, so I went to military route uh, instead of playing college ball. Um, did two tours, 
one to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. Um, just did four years, got out. Uh, at the end of 2010, um, always followed baseball. Knew I wanted to coach, uh, but just never really pushed myself to get into the profession um, and whatnot. So uh, after the military, went law enforcement, just wasn't really satisfied. Uh, so I switched gears, kind of did a 180, uh, opened my own uh, barbershop business. Um, and I've been doing that ever since. And then uh, two years ago, finally, uh, the urge to coach was just too great. Um, and so I decided, emailed a few ADs around the area. Um, one of them uh, replied back to me. Uh, that's Oak Grove. That's where I coach now. Um, and Coach Thomas there, uh, he played at Catawba. He just got elected to the Hall of Fame there. So uh, shout out to him. But I feel greatly honored and blessed to be a part of the program. Uh, the program, it's a new one. It's only three years old uh, coming up. And last year, uh, we made it to the uh, final eight uh, in the state playoffs uh, with only juniors uh, down. So this year is our first year with all four classes. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. And what about you, Coach Butler? Yeah, I grew up in a real small town in uh, West Alabama, called Demopolis, Alabama, played high school ball there, uh, was part of a championship team there, um, then I played uh, two years at Central Alabama Community College, uh, finished up uh, two years at Shorter University, Shorter University now, um, just always tell people I was good enough to get some school paid for, not good enough to play a lot, but I always knew I wanted to coach, um, so my, actually, my undergrads in sports management, I talked my professor into letting me do my internship as a coaching a travel ball team from Demopolis. So I told him I would take I would do all of the sports management stuff. I would take care of travel, hotels, all that stuff. Um, and that was really like my first taste of coaching. But I'll, I'll at the time I really wanted to get into college ball. Um, a man, and so I had two classes left in the fall of 2010. I go. Um, and just one night, man, I can't sleep at all. And I just, just, I'm just reflecting on, uh, coaching all these high school travel ball kids. And it's like two in the morning, I can't sleep. And I love to sleep. So I was like, man, I just looked up. I was kind of like angry. I was like, God, man, do you want me to just coach high school ball? And just like that, I mean, I was asleep. I was like, all right. So I woke up, figured, uh, now I had to figure out how I was going to coach a uh, high school ball with no, uh, education degree. Um, so a few weeks later, a little private school back home, Marengo Academy, called, asked if I wanted to be one of their assistants uh, for the next year. And I was like, sure. They said, we can't pay you. I said, that's all right. So I took that semester. Um, coach did all the hitters, outfielders, uh, studied for my GRE. Um, then I got my master's at Auburn. Uh, from there, I coached one year as an assistant at a Sweetwater High School. And then I just, I'm now entering my sixth year at a Central High School in Phoenix City, where I've been the head seventh and eighth grade coach. I've been the head ninth grade coach. And did it right now going into my third year as the uh, one of the varsity assistant coaches. Um, this year's my first year doing outfield. Previous two years I've done infield. So um, that's kind of where I've been now. Uh, and probably not too different than a lot of other people, a lot of twists and turns, but uh, 
real blessed to be where I am now. We made the playoffs last year. Um, we play in a real tough area, so we'll uh, we're gonna break in seven new starters this year. So we'll see how it goes. Awesome. So let's get into the first question. All of you guys are currently assistants, and I'll ask this to you first, Coach Morrison. How would you guys define your role as an assistant coach? Uh, well, my I like to look at my role as I'm there to help the program overall. You know, I mean, I know I'm not the head guy in charge, um, so whatever he says truly goes. Uh, but I think that just as my role as the assistant is to better the kids uh, as far as, you know, their personal life. I mean, on the field, yes. Uh, I mean, that kind of takes care of itself, I feel. But also off the field, because, um, you know, these kids have issues every day, just like we did growing up, you know, with girlfriends and schoolwork and, you know, wh whatever the case may be at the time. Um, so with me, I just want to be able to help them, you know, yes, better their baseball career, but also help them personally uh, if I can, you know, try to give them some words of wisdom. Um, I don't know how good of that I do, but, you know, uh, I'm, sometimes I'm just there just to listen to them, you know. So um, as far as just the program itself, though, um, I just try to help it out, help out the best way I can. And what about you, Coach Butler? How would you define your role in the program? Yeah, so, I mean, I do a lot of the same stuff, man. I, I really try to build relationships with these kids. As far as just, like, my actual role and title and stuff, um, I do all our outfield. Um, we kind of tag me and some other coaches kind of tag team our hitting, but I, I set up our BP. I do our weightlifting. Um, so I wear a few hats. Uh, my official title is a, is a assistant head coach. I don't know if that means anything or not. Um, and me and our head coach, uh, we're in constant contact um, about, hey, how what are we going to do at practice today? Um, just things like that. Uh, but that's you know that's about it. I do like a lot of our outfield. Um, I coach first base, do a lot of our hitting, and then um, you know I just try to be. Sometimes I'm a go between between you know uh, the players. Sometimes they can come to me and just get some stuff off their chest if they need to. Um, be that guy too so yeah just and you know as, as any assistant coach we're just trying to make the players and the program as a whole better and last you coach nelson you kind of have a different scenario being at the high the college level what does your role as an assistant look like in the program uh, i mean you know regardless of the level the assistant job is uh, it's pretty similar, um, just a few, maybe a few things different here and there. Um, you know, like these guys said, you know, building a relationship with the guys, letting them know that, uh, you know, I'm here for them, um, you know, and not just in a baseball sense. Um, you know, I may, I may be only 27, but, you know, at the junior college level, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, 18, 19. Uh, I don't think we have a single 20-year-old, so, um, you know, and, you know, I was I was there, and I I went through some things just like everyone else has, and you know, so just trying to let these guys know that uh, it's not uh, you're not just a number to us. Um, you know, you're you know you're a person, and and you know we want what's best for you on and off the field. So letting them know that that's a, you know, that's the way that we're going to go about it. Um, baseball wise, uh, I'm the hitting coach and catcher's coach, uh, third base coach in game. Um, you know, so. 
for me, really, it's it's establishing you know a, a mindset as an offense and you know and getting us all on the same page. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of you know making uh, robots or anything like that. You know, everybody's going to be a little bit different as long as we're getting to the same end goal. Um, you know, then that's uh, that's what we're that's what we're going to um, work towards. Um, so you know, uh, you know, wearing a lot of different hats. Um, I'm I'm lucky enough to be at a program where the the head coach, you know, he trusts me and and kind of gives me free reign to to handle it the way that I need to. And you know, so um, that's a you know that's a luxury that you know I I know some people that don't have that. So um, you know, being able to to do you know both the catching position and and you know in the offensive. Um, strategy of our program is a, you know, it's a, it's a big thing for me, and you know, so just really uh, trying every day to, to make us uh, the most elite offense that we possibly can be. All right, Coach Butler, I'll ask this to you first. Now, you guys have said kind of what your role is, but in games and practices in particular, what are things you guys are looking for as an assistant? Things you guys are doing in particular? What are things that you're doing with the kids? Like, for an assistant coach that may be listening to this, what is something they can get away from you guys and something that you guys do as an assistant during practices or game? All right, so that's a great question. So, like, um, if you're given a position, so I'm giving outfielders, like, I treat that as, hey, these all these guys are mine. Now, the, obviously the head coach will come and he'll look and he'll watch over and he'll give me ideas, but those guys are mine, so we do – all the drills I want to do. Um, same thing kind of for BP. We take BP, man, we're going to do – we don't do the same BP every day. We're going to switch it up. Um, someday it may be situations. Someday maybe we just might let them hack. Um, someday we might have live base runners. Um, so – and kind of like Coach Nelt said, is my head coach the same way. He's giving me a lot of freedom and that I can say, let's, let's do this, let's do this, let's try this. Um and what I've learned over the last few years is, hey, it's okay if something doesn't work, you just scrap it. And like, just keep trying stuff and find because what works for this team might not work for the next team. But um, always, man, throw, if you have an idea, uh, throw it out there, man, for your head coach. Or, I mean, I, I've even been, I've been, uh, I've worked under other, you know, infield coaches, and and they've been really good. And we've shared ideas and thrown ideas at each other, and and just have that constant communication because at the end of the day, I mean, it's all you're trying to do is get your guys better and, 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 you know, on the field when it's just playing, you're just trying to figure out the best way for your group as a team to win ball games. And so, um, that would be my advice to any young coach. Hey, if you got an idea, try it. If it doesn't work, scrap it, but always, you know, be in constant communication with, with the other coaches and the head coach. If you, if you think something might work, try it i mean we're, we're doing that with some base running stuff this year um we're changing it up a little bit uh i mean last year we could just you know take regular leads and steal bases and we stole you know 104 i think we we're 104 out of 120 last year but we just don't have the speed this year but we still got to be able to steal bases so we're going to try a few different things like that um that we came up with so my that that's kind of the role in practicing in games um you know, I do what every first base coach does. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting times on catchers, getting times on pitchers, um, relaying it in to uh, 
our base runners, our head coach, and things like that. What about you, Coach Nelson? Um, you know, kind of, you know, you know, with uh, you know, being in charge of the offense and and um, you know, we kind of when we do practices, um, you know, it's it's tough, you know, being a northern school. Also, is we're inside right now, um, you know, we don't um, we don't have the uh, capability of being on a field. So, really, practices have to be, you know, kind of um, sectioned off, and you know, like one day is going to be all offense because there's no way that we can do offense and defense work inside the facility that we're in, you know, and vice versa. So. You know, on offensive days, um, you know, we do a bunch of different drills, um, you know, just getting our guys, you know, getting that feel, getting the type of swing we're looking for. And, and um, you know, we'll do a bunch of different stuff in cage work, just like Coach said. Um, you try to break it up. You don't want to do the same thing over and over, um, you know, and, you know, because guys just, they get bored with it. And then they're just in there and there's no purpose in their swing. They're kind of just going through the motions and, and that's something that we try to stay away from. So I try to do something different, um, you know, every every offensive practice. Um, try to do something different in cage work. Try to do, uh, you know, a different drill or a different training um, regiment for that day, you know, so that guys don't get, you know, just stuck in a rut thinking, okay, well, you know, first round's going to be, you know, daddy hacks. The next round's going to be trying to go the other way. You know, we try to change it um, just so that they don't kind of fall into that. Um, defensive days, you know, it's I, I am I, I kind of help. Uh, you know, we have a, another. Uh, you know, our other assistant is fantastic defensive coordinator um, with our guys, and um, you know, anytime that he needs my help with infield or outfield, you know, I kind of help him out. But um, outside of that, I'm pretty much 100% focused on the catchers and um, you know trying to make them you know uh, elite guys and you know with uh being at the junior college level it, it's you know it's recruitment 2.0 you know so trying to get these guys to be the absolute best that they can be um you know to catch you know the four-year school's attention and and to get them out of here um you know so just same thing kind of offensively trying to focus on the same thing but do it differently so that it's not just you know monotonous and, and boring um and you know in game uh you know being a third base coach kind of you know facilitator of offense uh, you know much like you know our head coach lets me run things in practice and he has you know faith in me to to call you know to call you know signs and stuff the way that I see fit and you know every now and then if he if he wants something you know he'll he'll get a hold of me and you know give me some sort of sign like hey let's do this um but you know, so I'm I'm over there, you know, trying to think ahead. You know, what what are we gonna do here? Or you know, just all that kind of stuff that goes through you know goes through your mind when you're trying to decide whether or not to send a guy home. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so you know, pretty much just again focusing on catchers, making sure that they're good during game. Um, you know, we've got guys that are smart enough that they can call their own game, so I'm lucky enough to not have to do that. Um, just makes you know my job on game day a little bit easier and then really just reinforcing our guys confidence um, you know baseball's a tough sport hitting's not an easy thing to do um, and, and you know sometimes you got to be able to pull guys aside and be like hey, hey this guy throws 93 it's it's not easy to, to 
hit this guy. So um, try to do everything we can to keep a relaxed but uh, a focused environment with our offense. And what about you, Coach Morrison? Uh, well, I'm primarily with the outfield group um, for defense. Um, our head coach, he's very good, you know, kind of like everybody else, kind of letting me do my own thing, uh, but within the parameters of, you know, a general guideline. Uh, so I, we have certain drills that we like to do every day, um, you know, and we do those because uh, we feel as, you know, if you can prefer, uh, perfect your feet work, then the rest of it's going to take care of itself. Um, and whatnot. So, and one advice I give um, our outfielders is be athletic and be aggressive. You know, some of these kids are 10 times more athletic than I ever was uh, growing up and just let them be themselves. You know, don't mold them or force them to do things that, you know, it makes them feel too uncomfortable uh, and, and whatnot. For me, you know, if if a certain drill doesn't work, you know, scrap it. You know, like Coach said, just if it doesn't work, fine. It doesn't work. But, you know, you still got your core basics that you stick to. And that's what I like to do as far as with the outfield. Um, Hitting-wise, I was I was really good at going opposite way, mainly probably because I had a slow bat. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so this year we are focusing more on going opposite field. Uh, which was, you know, probably one of our weaknesses, uh, I feel. And this year we're trying to make the kids understand more of, you know, going to the opposite field. You know, when they throw a curveball, it's okay to go to right field. You don't always have to swing for the fence, you know. And because <clears throat> anybody can go and, and, and hit a home run, that that's fine. That's great. But, you know, if you, I'd rather you hit one to right field or right center you know, get on first or second, and then to do behind you hit one, now we got two for one, you know. So uh, that's kind of my role as far as hitting and, and practice goes. But in-game, in uh, I coach first at the JV level. Uh, and, you know, I, I tell our faster guys, you know, take what you can. You, you, you know your speed, and I know your speed. This is the, you know, catcher's pop time. Uh, this is the, you know, how fast the pitcher's kind of throwing. And – you know, you judge it off of you. I'm going to trust you enough to, you know, to either go when we give you the steal sign or, you know, if you don't get a good jump, you stay, fine. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on to you if, you know, if your foot slips or something like that. So, and also one other thing I like to do is I like to watch our third base coach just call the game because, you know, at any given moment, something crazy could happen and I have to be over there. So I always try to prepare myself to, you know, what if scenarios uh, come up into play. So, you know, what is he calling? How is he calling the game? You know, who does he, you know, bunt and run with or hit and run or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I like to just sit back and observe. Um, and then when we get to the varsity games, which start a little later than our games, um, I really help try to position the outfielders uh, just on defense. Uh, you know, I let the varsity staff kind of, you know, I'll help them whatever they need me to do. But also, you know, I sit back and I observe. Uh, one thing I've learned just through, you know, coaching is you can learn a lot by just sitting there and watching other people do their do their thing, you know, as I like to say. So, um, so I just kind of help wherever they need me to help them uh, on game nights and whatnot. But, um, but we just kind of like the we let the kids be themselves, you know, and. And we just try not to force 
force them to be something that they're not. All right, next question. And I'll ask this to you first, Coach Nelson. What do you think makes a great assistant coach? Oh, um, I think uh, one of the – something I heard uh, actually within the past few months, um, Coach Allen Gum, head coach at, the, you know, Central Arkansas, he, uh, he defined uh, – you know, he made a statement about the assistant role as being – a kingmaker and the head coach is the king and it's the kingmaker's job to make the king's job as easy as possible um you know the head coach has so many more things that he's got to deal with obviously he's got to worry about the day-to-day operation he's got to worry about practice plans he's got to worry about this this that and the other but um you know as an assistant really all I got to focus on right now is every now and then if there's a you know some an office thing I can help him out with um you know outside of that it's pretty much all baseball for my role so if I can do everything that I possibly can to make his life easier and to where he can have you know that that confidence that our guys are getting the work that they need and you know that we're doing everything um the right way then that makes his job easier you know, then he doesn't have to stress about, well, you know, Nelly's not doing the offense very well. Now I got to take care of that. And so the way that I look at that is I think just someone who is obviously going to work, um, you know, tirelessly. This is this is not a job that you can just coast through. It's not a, a career that you can kind of just be there. Um, if, if, if that's the case in one, you shouldn't be in it. And for two, um you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to get very far. Um, so somebody who's driven, somebody who's going to put in those hours that, you know, frankly, not many other people want to, you know, there's a lot of things that you got to do to, um, you know, make, uh, make your, <laughs> make your head coaches, uh, stress level decrease and not have so much to worry about. So I think uh, all in all, it's just somebody who is going to come in, and day in and day out, he's going to work his tail off, um, do everything he possibly can to be invested in, in the program, regardless of what level you're at, and everything that you can to, to better that program from the inside out. And, you know, I, I just think I think that that's, uh, that would be, you know, huge to, to have guys like that. What do you think, Coach Morrison? Well, i got to follow that. Well, thanks. Um... Well, I think that uh, being a great assistant is just being the extra eyes and ears uh, for the uh, head coach, you know, kind of like coach was saying, you know, he can't see everything, you know, he can't have, he can't control everything, you know, so just helping him put out the little small situations that come up um, on a day-to-day basis or in-game situations, you know, it helps him out tremendously, you know, and kind of like he was saying um you know you can't try to think of the right words here he can't always put out the flame you know so you know putting putting yourself out there because each of us is a head coach you know in our own way we may not have the title because i mean i know everybody wants a title but you're a head coach in your own little area you know so these kids may come to you and just ask hey what do i do with this what do i do with that 
you know, and just being able to help them, you know, hey, you know, do this, do that, do your thing. And, you know, also being uh, invested 100%. You know, check your ego at the door. You know, don't act like you know everything because you don't. I mean, I think all of us will agree, you know, you'll we'll never know everything there is to know about this game. Um, you know, we'll have a good idea about it, but, you know, you can always strive to learn. You know, and, and that's what I always try to do every week. You know, I listen to this podcast and um, multiple other ones, just trying to learn one bit of extra information that you know may help a kid and it may not. You know, but it helps me uh, overall as a person, not just as a coach, but also in my family life, you know, with my kids and everything, um, as far as to know when to push them uh, and when not to push them, when to you know, uh, get on to them about things and when not to, uh, you know, so I think just being a lifelong learner of the game itself and of people, you know, it'll help you as a coach and uh, it'll also help the program, you know, because I want to take our program to the next level, uh, you know, as a championship program, we haven't won any, you know, yet, but we're on that way. Um, for sure, and so I think just you know being a hundred percent committed uh, to whatever the vision is is what helps the program uh, in general. And what do you think, Coach Butler? Wow, I got to follow both of those guys because I mean I hope it's not too repetitive, but I like both of them said like, and I I didn't really understand until these last few years how much non-baseball stuff the head coach actually has to do. Uh, whether it's dealing with fundraisers, dealing with um, parents, dealing with administration, and things like that. So as an assistant, I really think your job is to just, he does not, the head coach doesn't need to worry about your position, right? Do do the best you can do to make make those players better and take some stress off the head guy because, man, he, he's, like I said, I've really had my eyes open over the last few years of how much, administrative and non-baseball stuff they have to worry about along with all the baseball stuff they have to worry about so just gain the trust and, and so your head coach never has to worry about you um another one is and this is like i think it's cliche on all baseball podcasts but i'll say it anyway be where your feet are like be the best you can be where you're at um i know i mean my ultimate goal and, and i've never been shy about this is to be a head coach um in my first few years as assistant, you know, four, three, four years ago, I and I was job hunting and would take, you know, any head coaching job if it was offered. Thank goodness nothing was offered because, um, you know, I've learned so much over these last few years and I'm extremely happy and content where I'm at now to where, uh, and you just, I, I can focus 100% on my job and, and I'm not job hunting and I can just be the best number two guy I can be and if Lord willing one day somebody wants to offer me the number one job somewhere then that's something to consider but it's nothing I ever have to worry about now um so just be where your feet are and, and be the best you are where you're at and people will notice right if, if that's something you want to do in the future it's be a head coach if you're the best of best you can be where you're at people will take notice and, and so don't worry about you know job hunting for the next big job just I, I think I heard Cheek said one time on his podcast man make the major leagues 
where you are. So now for me, the major leagues is the central high school outfield. So that that's some advice I, uh, I would definitely give to especially some younger guys that are really, really uh, – I say younger guys like I'm old, I'm 33. But some, young, some new coaches that want to just rush to that head coaching spot. I was an assistant coach when I was in college. I thought that I was doing a good job. My role is I needed to do a couple things. One, I, I know who I am as a person. I'm an energizer. I'm full of energy. So my job was to pick the players up when they're failing. The head coach can't deal with that during games or practice. He's got other things to worry about. So me knowing who I am and what I'm good at, my job was to pick those players up and just be an energizer full of uh, positivity. And then the other thing was, look, you hired me to do this job, so every day I'm going to come in with an idea or two. I know who I am. I'm, I'm an energizer. I'm an idea guy. That's what I'm going to do. And if you don't like my idea, bummer. But that's what you're paying me to do is be myself and do what I do best. My, what I do best is bringing positivity and energy and ideas. So for me, I think one of the things that what makes a great assistant coach is know what you're good at. Whether it's uh, you're a great critical thinker, you're a great problem solver, and then taking that to the program because that's what you're good at. Don't try to be something you're not. So for me, that's how I saw it. And then into the next question, what's the hardest part about being an assistant coach? And I'll ask that to you first, Coach Morrison. Ooh, uh, this is probably the hardest one I was actually thinking about. Um, I don't think there's one in particular thing that's hard. Um, I think just overall, I mean, it, it's something you can't take lightly um, at all, you know, because these parents entrust us with their kids for, you know, hours upon hours weekly you know so you just can't take it as you know like a grain of salt and be like oh okay cool you know i got practice for two hours and i'll just go through the motions and you know because the kids will know you're fake you know and kind of picking backing off uh, what coach was saying was you know just be yourself you know i think that's probably the hardest part is you know everybody wants to be like you know like the next bill belichick or you know the next you know, um, Tom Brady, man, there's, those guys are only going to be themselves, you know, and there's only going to be one of you in life. So be yourself and don't be anything you're not. Um, you know, one thing I like to do with the kids is, uh, before the games is, you know, where I was in the Marine Corps, I like to give them a little Marine Corps motivational speech, you know, and, uh, and it, and it does get them fired up, uh, for, for the games and whatnot and it just kind of helps them relax you know because i understand being there as a player you know freshmen they're nervous they've never played you know at this level so they got 10 million emotions going at once and you know and i just want them to relax and have fun because baseball is a game of just having fun you know wins and losses are going to take care of themselves and and whatnot so I, i don't want them to think you know that if they go 0 for 3, 3 strikeouts, this, you know, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be another game, you know, and you can get better. And if you go the next game and you go 3 for 3 with two home runs and, you know, four RBIs, whatever the case may be, everyone really forgets about the 0 for 3 day, you know. And it just gives you something to look forward to, something to work on, you know, the next day of practice. You know, the best, best of the best are, what, going to strike out – seven out of ten times and you're considered a hall of famer so you know don't don't take things so serious and for you know forget to have fun during the game 
uh, or just in practice and everything. And I think that's probably like one of the hardest messages to relay to these kids is, you know, have fun, you know, take it serious, but not too serious and just enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. You know, you, if you do the work that you're supposed to do, you're going to get noticed to go to the next level. You know, if it's junior college, you know, or D1, D3, you know, there's thousands upon thousands of colleges out there, you know, that have baseball programs, and they're good. And, you know, a lot of the kids, they want, oh, if I don't go D1 or, you know, if I don't get that good scholarship offer, then then I just busted. No, you can go to, a, you know, a, a good D3 program and do just as good as the guy going to, you know, the, the top pro D1 program in the nation, you know. So I just think just relaying the message is that not everyone's going to be the same. You know, be yourself and have fun. Uh, to me, that's the hardest, one of the hardest things to get through to the kids. What do you think, Coach Butler? Uh, well, kind of piggybacking off my last answer is, you know, trying to make sure you can stay where your feet are and be where you are and not and not uh put your ultimate goals ahead of the team goals um another one i was just thinking about is so as an assistant we tend to be a little more approachable than the head coach and so uh, what that ends up doing is and, and i like that that these kids can come up to us and they feel a little more comfortable but we have to have end up having some tough conversations whether it's playing time like Coach Nelson said earlier, whether it's girlfriend problems or whatever difficult problems are having, you know, um, sometimes we we can be more approachable by the players. Um, and man, some of these conversations are tough to have. You know, you got guys that uh, you know, all they want to do is you know play center field and they've worked hard and you know some guys just a little better and and you can't really say anything. But hey, man, the guys just a little better. I appreciate your work and you know. You have to be honest with them, you know. Obviously, you want to be honest with them because that's the best way to go. You don't want to, you know, fill them full of hot air. But at the same time, and those conversations are tough, um, and you and you and you have to have them, um, you know. Uh, but other than that, yeah, that and you know, just making sure that the team's goals and the overall goals stay ahead of your ultimate personal goals. Um, so. Uh, obviously, I mean, you could say the hours, but I mean, I, I'll be honest, I love working the hours. I love working late. That's why I'm, I'm very blessed that my two kids love to run around the field. <laughs> and, and, um, so they, they get there as much as they can, especially for games. So, uh, but, um, but yeah, that's probably all the hardest parts right there. It's just those tough conversations you got to have when a guy has put everything he has into it. And, and, but so is the other guy and the other guy's a little better. And then, um, you know, just your overall goals. You need to stay behind the overall team goals. And what about you, Coach Nelson? Well, I promise I'm not trying to copy uh, Coach Butler. Um, but uh, uh, I think for me personally is, you know, I got to, I gotta, you know, much like Coach said, you know, I'm, my goal is to be a head coach someday. Um, and... Uh, you know, last summer I got I got a chance to do that. You know, for that the summer league team in North Carolina, and you know I got that taste of being a head coach, and and then um, you know it 
everything that you wanted and more, right? It, it was fantastic. I was like, oh, this is this is this is exactly why this is my goal and my dream, um, you know. And then uh, you know, you take an assistant job because summer league ends and it does not pay the bills, and um, so I think you know to kind of piggyback off that and say you know stay where your feet are. I mean, I I will I will be honest you know it, there are times it's tough you know when you know you not not that uh you know it's it's a bad thing to be an assistant but you know when you know like in, in my situation I've, I've had that taste of what uh, my end goal is and, and now I want it more and so I have to constantly remind myself like hey like it's coming like uh you know you, you got to stay here you got to keep focused here and and make sure that you're doing everything for for the program to to make these kids better because um you know that's what they deserve you know these guys deserve everything that i've got so i'm going to give it to them um so yeah i mean that's a that's a you know for for me personally to sit there and be like god i wish i wish i was a head coach but then you know you're able to reel it back and and remind yourself like nope i'm here for a reason and um you know and and when that day comes and i'll be ecstatic but, um, you know, I'm very happy to be uh, in the position that I am now. I'm doing, you know, I'm coaching a game, you know. So uh, a lot of, you know, coaching, in my opinion, if if we lost 10 to nothing, that's way better than working a 9 to 5 job. You know, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't trade this job for the world. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, again, like you, you build these, like coach said you build these relationships and as the assistant you know these guys are you know definitely more prone to come and talk to you especially if they think it's something that they're going to get in trouble for or, or you know or or maybe they'll lose playing time because you know xyz or whatever um you have that good relationship with these kids and then you know that in that that meeting where you have to tell them like uh, you know i love you but um you know, you're not going to play uh, as much as you think you're going to play. That conversation sucks. That is, I think the first time that I ever had that conversation as a volunteer assistant, um, my the head coach at the time, he told me, he's like, no, you, you got to learn how to do this. So he made me do it um, by myself. <laughs> um, it was the most uncomfortable feeling on the planet. And uh, it sucks, you know, these guys you build a relationship with and they're like family and you have to tell them like, hey, uh, you're not quite where, you're, you know, you need to be right now. And so having to deal with the emotional side of it and, and, and understanding that, you know, each one's got different personality and things like that and being able to to get all those personalities on the same page, um, I think is is pretty difficult sometimes. But, you know, like I said, this is in my opinion coaching baseball is is the most amazing thing that uh, I've ever done and um I wouldn't I wouldn't trade going through all those struggles for the world now we'll move into more of the baseball questions as assistants you have something in particular that you guys work with whether hitters pitchers catchers infield outfield whatever so what do you do in particular to develop those players and I'll ask you first coach Butler it's all right. So, man, my big thing is like I'm a clinic junkie. If there's a clinic anywhere around, I'm going. I'm going to try to go. And it's and and some things I learn a lot. Some things I don't. Um, 
But here's a great thing about baseball coaches. I can pick up the phone and call a lot of different people, and, and they'll answer. You know, whether they're at a D1 college or whether they're on 1A private school, and we can have conversations. Um, heck, I plan on calling or getting in touch with Coach Nelson after this to go over some hidden stuff with him and pick his brain. I think that's the biggest thing you can do. And pick people's brains. Um, and like I said earlier, is find out what works. And and if it works, keep using it. And, uh, man, fill up your toolbox. Because, you know, six years ago, seven years ago when I started, I, there was one way to hit and only one way to hit, right? And now that I've gotten uh, – I put that ego to the side and got a little smarter, I realize that I might have to say – the end goal is the same, but I might have to say something totally different to this kid than the other kid. And and I've done that even in the past week where I've told, you know, one kid the complete opposite, but they have two different flaws, right? Um, and then you just got to know the kid's uh, mechanics and body and things like that so they can – and how they move. Um, but that's the thing, man. I, I, love, uh, I love listening to people um, talk ball. I love to try to pick their brains. Um, you know, I think uh, um, you you got a guy like Kai. You know, if, if you're an infield guy, if you're not following Kai Carrera and trying to watch everything he does, man, you're missing out. Same thing with uh, Tucker and uh, and some guys. But, uh, you know, I follow JT McGuire, who did, spoke at the ABCA this year. to learn. I got a lot of outfield stuff from him. Uh, man, and, and hitting guys, if, and I'll take something from everybody because I feel like well, almost everybody. I'll. Uh, I feel like if I can just, they might say one thing that might not help nine of my guys, but it might help the tenth guy. And so just constantly learn and try to and try to grow your knowledge base and and, and don't ever shut out anybody's ideas. Now you might think it, it it doesn't make any sense to you at the time, and you might never use it, but there might be that one kid at that one time that that needs it. And so, uh, yeah, just constantly learn, constantly just continue to learn. Um, and if you can do that, like I man, I read, I read books on leadership. That's my big thing. Um, and try to help these kids be better leaders and better teammates. Um, uh, in our, you know, in the group chat last night, we talked about uh, legacy. Got, um, I got that idea from Wes Brooks at Oxford. Um, right now, I'm reading uh, Teammate by David Ross. So if you ever want to teach your guys how to be a good teammate and what it means to be a good teammate, just take lessons from that book. That is uh, one of the best ones I've read on. And it just it goes through game seven and his career. Um, so, yeah, just I do a lot of things like that. Um, I heard Tim Corbin say one time that uh, he doesn't watch anything or read anything that's not going to help his players. That's not going to develop him and help develop his players. And, uh, and I'm, I, I think I'm trying to be the same way. Now, I'll watch a little stuff, but everything I read is, you know, more centered to how can I take this and apply it to my players. What about you, Coach Nelson? Um, you know, as, a, you know, the hitting coach and, and the catcher's coach, you know, got to, um, you know, really work with our guys to, you know, like 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 Coach said, there's – there's so many different ways we're in um you know we're in a in an you know the age right now as coaches that you know there's there's 
there's a hundred different ways to do the same thing and if you're not doing it this way you're wrong or you know if you disagree with this guy well then you're an idiot and it, it's just it's kind of ridiculous and something that i heard a uh, a while back it was a it was an older you know abca podcast uh when um Coach Eller, who's now a you know a hitting a hitting guy with the Baltimore Orioles uh, farm system, he was uh, the head coach at the Harford Community College in Connecticut, and I was, I was listening to him talk, and they have a pro they had a still do even though he's not there, but they had a prolific offense, and um, you know it, it's just one of those things where I was like, man, I, I need to I need to find out what this guy's doing, what he's saying, or what are they what are they working on, and you know, you'd, you'd think that it would be this, you know, this this elaborate thing. And what I what I took from it was, he said, we we make it really simple. You know, we're we're aggressive, and we hit the ball hard. That's really it. So the way that we work about it, I mean, there's more, there's some more things there, but the main points of it is, you know, being aggressive and hitting the ball as hard as we can. And so for me, when we're working with our guys here is um you know there's so many different things hitting wise like oh in this situation you got to do this in this situation you got to do that with this runner here we got to try and put the ball here that's that's too much that's it's too much to think about and you know and me personally I'm not I'm not a huge fan of small ball but if we need to bunt we'll bunt I get that but um me personally I like to I like to play for for big innings you know and so what we we do is we preach and we work on being aggressive and you know I know a lot of these guys you know in high school they were told you know hey let's work this guy's count or let's get you know let's let's uh you know let's kind of be a little bit patient see what he's working with and, and this that and the other no why first pitch you see is middle middle fastball might be the best pitch you see all week um so I want our guys to be comfortable with being aggressive and you know they swing and, and and miss you know that's that's gonna happen with two strikes we have a different um mindset a little bit um not that we change the swing but we're, we're gonna find a way to put the ball in play I, I hate strikeouts and um you know I know with the whole new you know the the way that people are being taught to hit strikeouts have increased significantly and you know but at the same time pitching's a lot better than it used to be too um so you know, I think that really getting guys to to be comfortable with being aggressive, and you know, just having that mindset of squaring the ball up. That's first and foremost. I tell our guys every day that we go when we go to practice, regardless of what our round is or what we're trying to do, is did you hit the ball hard? If you did, check that box off, okay? Because we already we already did what we're looking to do. Harder ball is hit, harder it is to make a play. Harder it is to make a play better chance you have to get on base. More guys you get on base, more chance you have to score. More chance you have to score, more games you're going to win. And so really getting these guys to understand that, you know, we look at the numbers and, you know, our power counts, 0-0, 1-0, 2-0, even 3-0. I'm, I'm a 3-0 swinger. I love it. Again, it's it might be the best pitch you see. Um, and getting those guys to understand that that's when we're in a favorable situation as as a hitter is that is as numbers show at every level that that's when we're going to do the most damage more than not 
Um, so getting those guys to understand the significance of those those counts and, and what we're trying to do and, you know, getting that pitch that they want to drive. And, you know, like, I'm never – do I want the ball in the air? Yeah, I, I prefer it. I think we have a better chance out there. There's three outfielders that cover a lot more ground than including the catcher, six infielders. Um, you know, so do I want the ball in the air? Yeah, but I'm not a guy that believes that – you, know, you can't hit the ball on the ground ever. You know it's gonna happen. Um, so getting our guys to understand that, yes, do I want us to hit those deep line drives, those 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 uh, those deep fly balls? Absolutely. That's that's what we're trying to do. But if you hit one on the ground that left your bat at 100 miles an hour, that's a tough play to make still. And I think that that's really has really correlated really well with our guys. Is is I've talked to a bunch of them since you know we, you know, uh, since implicate uh, implementing what we're doing, and and a lot of them are coming up like it's so simple. Like it, I, I'm not worried. I'm not thinking too much. I'm not, you know, thinking about, you know, where where do I need to place this ball or this is that and the other. I'm just up there trying to mash this baseball, and you know, and I think one thing that you know with with the whole technology craze, you know, things like hit tracks and and you know blast and and all those things that give you those those numbers is um you know the guys seeing the difference and and seeing that what they're doing is resulting in more success than what they used to do so you know we're lucky enough to be at a facility you know that has a hit tracks and um i think that that's a, that's been huge for for guys to see the results in in their swing and realizing like you know you may have thought that you just popped this ball up but you hit that ball 97 miles an hour off your bat, and it went 395 feet in the left center gap. You're probably standing on second. If you're any kind of fast, you're at third. So I think things like that and getting those guys to, to really buy in, to, to keeping it simple and really just narrowing it down to, to really one simple thing. Did we hit the ball hard? Did you? Okay, we did our job. Did you not? Okay, tough one. We'll do it better next time. You know, I don't, I don't like putting, um, you know, a thing that you have to hit. I don't like saying like, hey, like to be successful, you got to get more base hits this set and the other. Like, you know, we've all heard it a thousand times. A guy who goes four for four with four bleeders over the second baseman's head did not have a better day than an zero for four guy who got robbed in the gap every time he crushed a baseball. Um, that guy is swinging better than the other guy, and I'm gonna take that approach all day. And, you know, I know that that went on a little bit long, but catching-wise, um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from Colin Wilbur. He's a, you know, he's a big-time Twitter guy right now. I've talked to him for a while. Um, you know, Kyle Floyd, he's the coach at the Eastern Illinois. Um, learning a lot from guys like that that, uh, you know, that, you know, they know things that I don't. And being able to, to go out and, like Coach said, reach out to somebody and try to learn something different and those guys um you know they've been really good to me and and learning a bunch of different things to make our guys elite behind the plate um you know we're going to receive more than we're going to do anything else so first and foremost is we're going to be elite receivers we're going to steal strikes all day and you're never going to know what happened um so you know doing that and then you know i think that that's the primary focus and then we'll move into you know like blocking footwork transfers things like that but uh you know i think if you're not a good receiver you you're, you're behind the eight ball you, you got to be good anymore 
um, to uh, you know because your pitching staff is, is going to love you and you're going to be the guy that's behind the plate. So um, we focus heavily on receiving because we're going to do that more than anything else. But um, we also you know we get everything else done too. And what about you, Coach Morrison? Uh, well, the one thing uh, I think the best thing I've ever did was join, <clears throat> excuse me, join the AVCA. Um, you know, that's just a wealth of knowledge right there at your fingertips. You know, if you have a free, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you can pull up videos, you know, and all that good stuff. And, and also, you know, just maybe piggyback, uh, piggybacking off the uh, other two is, you know, reach out, you know, uh, through Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, the coaching fraternity um, is very uh, receptive, you know, to try to share knowledge, you know, because we, we all don't know, you know, everything there is to know about this game, you know. And, and one thing that, you know, can help this kid, you know, may not help the other. Um, you know, I'm uh, every day uh, I got about a 45-minute ride to work um, and then another 20-minute ride uh, from my work to the school. And so I'm constantly, you know, trying to, you know, I listen to podcasts daily, um, even when I work out, you know, just trying to find that, you know, the one bit of information that might help the next kid, um, you know, because I feel as you can never have too much information. Uh, I learned that um, when I helped coach, uh, coaching football, um, guy I coach with, he's very, very detail oriented. Uh, his name's Mark Holcomb, and I'm telling you, he's, He's one of the best I've ever seen do it, you know, and um, and so just being prepared uh, for, you know, game days or, or practices for that matter, you know, it's it, you, you can't you can never be too prepared, you know. Um, I'd rather be you know have information and not ever need it than need that information and not have it, you know. And I think um, a lot of these kids today, you know, yes, it's going more towards analytics. Um, you know, and, and computers and stuff like that. Like I, I personally, uh, I use the blast technology with my son. Um, I have the you know the sensors and stuff, and uh, I use it a little bit with the kids down at the school. Um, but a lot of some kids enjoy that, some kids don't. Um, I think that's just knowing your players, knowing what pushes them, uh, what um, motivates them. You know, um, because you know like one of our catchers, I mean, he, he loves that stuff, you know, and, and that's how he likes to hit. And, and why, because I may not a hundred percent agree with it. Why deprive him of that, you know, and looking into it, researching it more. Cause that was more of the old school way of, you know, driving through the baseball, hitting line drives, line drives will go out, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but also looking into the analytics part of it and well, you know, if you do hit it about 14 degrees and, you know, hit it, you know, X number of miles an hour, it's going to go out. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, basic math and, you know, geometry and stuff. So um, I don't think having more of an open mind uh, towards, um, you know, both ways, I feel is is the best for kids these days uh, and, and as a coach uh, because, you know, you got to have an open mind. You know, you got to have – you know, you, you can't always just think one way is, you know, the only way to do things. Um, and I think, I feel a lot of coaches fall into that trap. I won't say they do it on purpose, um, but they also, they, they just, you know, it, I won't say it's more the old school way, but 
you know, the old school way of, you know, do it because the coach tells you to, well, those kids don't answer to that anymore. They want to know the why of, you know, why are we doing this drill? Well, you got to be able to explain it, you know. And, and like with my son, you know, he's nine and he's just getting into the game. Well, you know, he has a thousand questions of, you know, well, hey, why do I do this? You know, well, this is, you know, you do ABC. This is why you do, you know, opening your hips when you turn towards the ball and, you know, putting your head down and run, you know, sprint past it to run through the ball. You know, and, and he and he soaks it up as much as he can, you know, and also you got to, you know, he's, he's nine, so he's not going to automatically get everything, you know, and it's, we're all teachers uh, of the game. You know, we may not have teaching degrees, um and whatnot but we're all teaching you know the the baseball game you know and um and one thing I, I do love about being on twitter is you know the worst thing i've, I've found is people are going to just ignore you or say no if you reach out and have a baseball question and i can count i can tell you about one time that's happened you know in the last couple of years that i've reached out to coaches because, you know, they, they want to get the game better, you know. They, they want to grow the game. They want to get it, you know, make it bigger than football, you know, in, in my opinion. And I think it can be, you know. Um, I'm not really trying to get on a soapbox here with the computerized strike zones and all that. But, you know, that's I, – I, I personally won't be a fan of it. But, you know, if it grows the game, okay. You know, I'm going to just completely close my mind to it. But, you know, I think just helping the kids and knowing the kids, how they learn um, will help them along the way uh, to be a better person and a better athlete, I feel. All right. Now we're going to get into the individual questions I have for you guys. And we'll start with you, Coach Butler. Something that you're really passionate about is something correlated to something that happened to you when you were 15. Can you explain what that was and why it is something you're so passionate about and how has that shaped you as a coach? Yeah, man, you did some research on that one. Not many people know about that one uh, besides, you know, people that really know me. But, um, man, I, I always grew up playing ball. I knew that's what I wanted to do. Oh, man, but during uh, Christmas break, actually – um. The last day of school, I was, uh, man, I'd been nursing a calf injury. Um, I ended up doing some blood tests, and, man, I found out I had uh, leukemia, AML leukemia. And um, so I went through chemo, um, you know, I went through a bone marrow transplant. Um, I was out about 16 to 18 months. Um, no real scary situation. Now, I was extremely blessed. To, I, I did not have many major complications especially considering what all I saw. I mean, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about him. I had just turned 15 at the time. And, man, the, what I saw, you know, I saw little kids, you know, two, three years old going through stuff they, you know, they don't need to go through. They shouldn't have to go through, um, whether it was chemo, whether it was on the transplant floor. Um, but I, the, it, it really changed who I was. I mean, up until then, you know, baseball was the most important thing. And uh, we obviously know that's not true. Um, and that's what I try to tell my players all the time is, yeah, man, take it serious and love it and, and give, you know, give it your all. But at the end of the day, there's going to come a day you you can't play this game anymore. You know, either you're going to retire or somebody's going to tell you 
or nobody's going to let you play anymore, you know, because um, you're not good enough, and that's okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, and um, so I, I fought through that, and when I came back, you know, I just I just had a brand new perspective, and I and I've stayed with that perspective uh, since then, man. It's at the end of the day, man. You know we're blessed what we do, but it's a game. It's a game, and um, and I always keep that in perspective now because I've I faced that reality face to face. That you know, man. You know, I, I, when you get cancer, the last thing you're thinking of is when you're going to play again. You know. Um, and so how it shaped me as a coach, man, is, is I can really put it in perspective for these guys of what, what we're really trying to do here. Now, we use, I use the game of baseball, and a lot of coaches I know use the game of baseball as, you know, yeah, we want to win and we want to get after each other, but we use it to prepare our, our kids for the game of life and, and what it's going to come after you. And at the end of the day, man, you know, we might win and we might lose, but you know, you face something like that, um, then, you know, it, it puts it all in perspective. And and I was going a, a little bit about this. is So one of my nurses, when I was there, actually uh, played baseball at Central Florida. And he was a night nurse, man. And we, just being competitive, we would always play PlayStation. And we played basketball at night on PlayStation. Um, but just, you know, it, it, it did some good came out of it. I, I still have that relationship with that guy. He actually coaches in Birmingham. Um, still a nurse, he's a nurse practitioner now and does some travel coaching. I still have that relationship. And, you know, every time we see each other, we talk about it, man. It's, we just use the game. I use the game of baseball now to, to teach these kids what it really means to, you know, live life instead of, you know, baseball's not life. You know, it's, don't get me wrong, it's very important to me. And, and I feel called to coach, you know, but it's, you know, it's not the top of my priority list. And I tell our kids it shouldn't be the top of yours. Um, and then, I, you know, I can go through my story with them and say, here's why it's not the top of yours. You know, give it all while you got it, while you have that opportunity. But at the end of the day, there's always something bigger than ball. Coach Morrison, you went into the Marine Corps and even served two tours overseas. How has that experience shaped you as a coach, but more of as a leader? Uh, well, I tell you, the when I went uh, when I went into the military, I was uh, just had turned twenty one, and I mean I was young and, and stupid, you know. I mean just young, immature, didn't know what I wanted, had no direction in life. Um, and when I went through boot camp, you know, they kept telling us, hey, you're going to, you know, your guys are going to go over. You guys are going to get deployed. And, you know, you kind of halfway believe it, but, you know, not really well. By the time I got to my unit, um, it was seven months after boot camp that I was being deployed. You know, and the first time it was eight months uh, to Iraq. And, uh, and it was it was an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. Um it was you know definitely eye-opening because i mean there's a big big world out there uh, and a lot of the kids won't ever get to see it um unfortunately but you know that experience you know of course really opened my eyes made me realize that hey you know my little town in north carolina is not the only place in the world you know and and one thing is i always wanted to get out of the town i always wanted to get out of town well i got out and uh, saw the rest of the world, uh, you know, not trying to 
get any political stuff or anything like that. But, you know, I saw what was over there and I just, I wasn't a fan of it, you know. And uh, so I came back and I was like, you know, having a small town way of life is not that bad, you know. And uh, and so anyway, uh, so went to Iraq, went to Afghanistan. Uh, Afghanistan was a year long. Um, you know, it was a little different. Uh, you know, some some of my friends, you know, they, as their luck have it, they just didn't make it back. But that was fine. You know, it, it's a chance we all take. Um, but, you know, the relationships I built with those guys, um, you know, made me realize that, hey, you know, there, there's something bigger than just ourselves. You know, regardless if it's coaching baseball or being in the military, there's always a bigger cause than just yourself, you know. And I think one thing I can relate to the kids, you know, whether it be baseball or football or, you know, just in general, is, you know, I have... I have different life experiences, you know, and not saying, you know, not taking any, you know, anything away from any other coach, you know, that went and played college ball, you know, because part of me wishes I, I would have done that, you know, um, that's always been at, you know, the back of my mind saying, well, you know, what if, well, you know, you don't get a second chance in life of what if, so that's always going to be there, but, you know, how it shaped me was, you know, one, it made me grow up and realize that hey you know you you have responsibilities now you know um and you know i got me and my wife you know we've been married 11 years and uh we have five kids you know so i don't have the time to just sit around and you know not do anything um i stay pretty busy you know with coaching and running my own business and then coming home to a uh, a zoo of kids you know and which is fine, you know, I mean, I, I love every second of it, but how it's helped me um, is, you know, of course, you grow up, you know, become a little bit more mature, but you can also relate to the kids of like, you know, most of the guys that, that's going to be on your team, they're not going to go to the next level, you know, they're going to have to go get the job that they don't want to do or go into the military or find some other way to uh, provide you know, for their future family or for themselves. And, you know, I try to try my best not to sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, I think that's one thing as a society, we try not to hurt the kids' feelings and, you know, and uh, try to, you know, sugarcoat a lot of stuff. And, and I, I just I just wasn't brought up that way. And, you know, of course, the Marine Corps, they, they definitely don't sugarcoat anything um, and whatnot. And, and I try to just tell them how it is, you know, do those kinds of conversations kind of suck? Yeah. You know, telling the kid he's not good enough or, you know, hey, man, you screwed up on that play pretty bad, you know, and you know that. And, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to hammer the kid and beat him up over it, but, you know, they know what they did wrong uh, most of the time. And, you know, I try my, my best to be as blunt but, you know, honest and loving all at the same time, you know. And, and I think that's one thing that sets me apart from some of the other guys is, you know, I don't mind telling the kid, like, hey, man, you suck, and you're not any good at what you just did, and you need to get better before you ever do that in a game, and is it a little tough love? Yeah, probably, you know, um, and, and I don't mind that, uh, you know, the parents, they, they understand, a lot of the kids' uh, parents were in the military, so they kind of understand where I come from uh, when, when I say stuff like that, you know, and, um, uh, 
but overall, I mean, I just, I just think that, you know, my experiences, they're just different, you know, and not saying one's better than the other for sure. Um, cause you know, I definitely don't want to step on anybody's toes on that. Cause, um, but I also feel as, you know, the, the military, it helped mold me into the person I am today for sure. Um, and I just want to pass along that knowledge, uh, to them, uh, in any way I can. And, you know, if, if they'd go the military route, okay, cool. You know, I mean, I'll be open and honest about, you know, how it's going to be. But if they decide, hey, you know, I want to go coach, you know, play baseball and coach baseball and, you know, get a teaching degree and have nothing to do with the military, great. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, and you know, force a kid to do anything they don't want to do, you know, and uh, and whatnot. But I think it's just overall um, how the how that translate into like baseball and stuff is, you know, it helps me adapt to situations in game uh, very quickly. Uh, just because, you know, if when we were on foot patrols in, in Iraq, you know, stuff could pop off at any moment, you know, well, translate that in, you know, to a baseball game, well, you could be winning one to nothing and then all of a sudden be losing two to one, you know, with one, one pitch and one swing of a bat, you know, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to adapt very quickly uh, to your situations uh, and whatnot, and, and I kind of pride myself on being able to do that. You know, and even in practice, you know, if coach, you know, the head coach is like, hey, I got the outfielders today, you know, I need you to go do this. Okay, cool. Well, you know, he, he may have a family emergency, and within two seconds, I'm back into outfielders, you know, going back over the drills, you know. So you got to, you know, just being able to adapt to, certain, you know, a lot of situations, you know, on the fly, um, I think helps me, um you know, or helps our program. Uh, I just want to, I won't say just helps me, but helps our program um, overall. And so I think uh, all that, you know, sorry, I kind of went kind of long there, but um, I just think just being able to use my military experiences um, and being able to adapt real quickly uh, helps, helps kids in, just in a different way. And last, you coach Nelson. You played independent ball. Now you coach at the JUCO level. How has that shaped you to be the coach you are today? Um, I think, uh, I, I think getting the opportunity to play independent ball um uh, has really kind of it, it. It's in its own in a way. It's similar to the junior college level. Um, you know, not necessarily in terms of. Uh, you know, playing style and all that stuff. I just mean the the mindset of a player at the independent level is, you know, when you're there, you're doing absolutely everything possible to get out. You don't want to play there. You want to go to a higher level. You want to get an affiliated opportunity. Um, you're doing everything possible to do that. And you don't care what you got to do. You know, if, if, you're, if, if you're a guy that truly wants to get up and out, you are not going to care what you got to do, the amount of work you got to put in, um, and, you know, the, and, and all that kind of stuff to, to get an opportunity at another level. And I think that's that has given me, uh, you know, I think more of an understanding. You know, before coaching here, I was coaching at a, at a four-year school, and um, 
you know, so, you know, when I had those guys, we had them, you know, we had them freshman through senior. And, and now I've got those guys that, you know, they're freshman, sophomore, and that's it. Um, and so I think that's given me a little bit more of an understanding and a, an appreciation for what uh, JUCO players do, not only, you know, where we're at, but, uh, you know, at, at all JUCOs across the country. Man, you know, these guys are these guys are JUCO bandits. They're going to do absolutely everything possible to get out, to get to that highest opportunity that they can get, and then go dominate there, and then hopefully get that opportunity to play afterwards if that's their goal. Um, so I think having that experience as, as a, you know, I, I didn't go the JUCO route, so prior to my experience at Independent Ball, um, you know, I didn't really understand that mentality, that, that grinder that, you know, like, hey, man, like, I, I got to get out of here, <laughs> you know. I'm getting, I'm not getting paid very well. Um, travel's rough, you know. I, I want to at least be on a, on a, uh, you know, in a nice hotel, and instead of uh, you know the, uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the Roach Inn in in Las Vegas, New Mexico, and um, <laughs> you know, it's just having that mindset of I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to get out of here, and I think it's made me a better coach at this level to understand that I'm going to do the same thing for them. You know, these guys want to get out of here. I'm going to do everything within my power through coaching, through networking, through promotion, through everything I possibly can to get these guys that opportunity to get out of here. Um, And, you know, I think that, you know, there's nothing glamorous whatsoever about independent ball, especially the lower levels. Um, you know, you're you're simply playing for the love of the game, the desire to get that chance to go to a higher level. Um, you know, and you're not getting paid very well. Um, so, you know, it's a uh, something that I think you know I, I felt I always had a, a pretty good work ethic and a good, um, you know understanding of of how hard I needed to to work to get what I wanted in life and I think playing indie ball and I actually my my rookie year I probably had the worst rookie year in the history of of any level of baseball like I was completely amazed that um I got offered a contract to come back and you know and after that first year is when I was like okay like this is you know, I, I gotta, I gotta change something. I gotta, I gotta rededicate the way that I do this, and I did, and ended up earning the starter's job, and um, you know, won a division, and uh, got to play in, you know, postseason baseball for the first time in my career, and you know, got to see the benefits of what do you do when you when you work your when you work your tail off, and how far can you climb? It's just at that point, at the end of you know, at the end of my career, there, I kind of realized like, yeah, I'm I'm not as good as some of these guys, so. Um, but I think getting a, it gave me more drive to be better in things that I do. You know, I I was a pretty solid little player and, you know, then I got the chance at indie ball and I kind of just relied on that and was like, I was a pretty good little player in high school and college and I should be fine. And I got dominated. I mean, it was, I looked bad. I should have been cut a hundred percent. Um, but, uh, ended up coming back because because of that experience and realizing how far behind I was I worked harder than I've ever worked in my life to to be better and I think that that's 
translated into me as a coach, you know, you see, you see things that this guy's doing or that guy's doing and how can we make him better? What can I do to make his swing better? What can I do to make him a better athlete? What can I do to, to build his mental, um, to build his mental strength in this game? As, as we all know, it's, it's tough. Um, but I think having those experiences and realizing that I could always be better and you just got to work hard for it. And it's, you know, it's different. Uh, it's a different style of working hard. You know, I'm not hitting, I'm not swinging off the tee or taking BP or working on my defense or anything like that anymore. It's, it's learning, you know, it's, as we've already talked about a lot is, you know, going out and learning more and how to do something better and how to make, you know, a good player, a great player, or, you know, a, or an average player, um, a good player, and then turn him into a great player. Um, so, um, you know, and, and this is this is what I want to do with my life. And, you know, I've got a wife and a, a two-year-old daughter, and, and uh, you know, i got a son on the way. He's due in May. And, um, you know, so I'm going to do everything that I can to work, you know, as hard as possible and work harder than, you know, than I ever thought I could because, you know, I got a family to take care of. And I think, I think just going through that experience of sucking really bad and realizing that I needed to do more, um, has really kind of helped shape me and, and realize that, you know, now, you know, now I got a family that relies on me and I, I can't suck. If I suck, then, you know, we're in trouble, you know, and, uh, you know, so, as I said earlier, you know, this is the best thing. I'd rather do this all day than any nine to five job, and that will, I will stick with that till the day I die. And so, I'm gonna do everything I can to to continue doing this and to be able to take care of my family one day. And you know, because as we all know, there's not a lot of money in this profession, not at all. You, if you're doing it for the money, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. Um, and uh, so, you know, having that, that same kind of mindset of, okay, I, 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 I want to get up. I want to get promoted. I want to do this. I want to be able to provide for myself and my daughter and my future son and, and, you know, my wife. And so that's kind of where my head's at with it is I'm going to do everything I can to outwork everybody else and be the best coach that I possibly can be for these kids. And, you know, I think that that's, I'm really prideful of that, you know, I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to, to tell, to tell people like that. I, I sucked as, at first and I ended up being decent, but, um, I think that experience, um, was huge for me and, uh, big part of why I do the things that I do now or why I work the way that I do or try to improve. Um, and so yeah, I just, I think, and especially with it being, you know, really similar to JUCO, you're trying to get these kids out of here, and um, I think that's been big for me, and, you know, and I love it, man, like I, I like I said, this is my first, first, uh, first time in JUCO ball, and man, I'm, I'm a huge fan, um, you know, I thought it would be weird at first, and, and I love it, man, like I, I hope I'm in it for a long time. That wraps it up for the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would be interested in being part of an episode yourself, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Crato, K-R-A-T-O. 
Thank you.